Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Crosspoint Podcast. And please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd love to have you join us in person at 10 a.m. this Sunday at Franklin Road Baptist Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. You can also connect with us online at frbc.com. Thanks again for checking us out and enjoy the episode. ...of the gospel from the book of Romans. And um, one of the things that I want you to understand, one of the reasons why we have uh, dove into this book is because it is hard for us to share something that we do not understand and have experienced for ourselves. And so when we talk about the power of the gospel from the book of Romans, the point is so that if we desire to bring the gospel to our city, then we must have really received it for ourselves. Um, And I'm not just talking about accepting Christ as your Savior. I'm also talking about uh, understanding and understanding how it changes your life. And I don't believe there's a greater uh, passage in the book of Romans that will help you understand that than the one that we're about to look at, which is Romans chapter number 5, verses 1 through 11. Uh, Let me start just by saying this. I'm not going to have a lengthy introduction, but on a week like this, uh, you're you're tempted. Uh, I don't want to. That's not that's not the right word. Uh, you almost feel obligated to address some of the uh, world issues, the current events, uh, especially considering they hit so closely to home. And um, there, there is plenty to say about that. And for whatever reason, I believe that God led us to Romans chapter number 5 on a week like this because there are answers for the world's problems in Romans chapter number 5. Um, there are answers to what we are facing as a state in Romans chapter number five. And so here's what I'm going to ask you to do. As, uh, as I pray uh, many of you have over the last couple of days, um, there is a strange, not a strange, there is a feeling in our world, especially in our state, about what's next, about what's going to happen, um, and really it's been that way. We've been on uncertain ground for a long time, um, as, and any type of stability that we have found as human beings has just been, uh, it's just been a mirage of stability. And so now that many things are coming to a head, and you, you're, seeing, uh, you're seeing all of the political leadership talking about things, you're seeing uh, protests, you're seeing uh, grieving families, I want you to take all of that and bring it into Romans chapter number 5. I'm going to read you a text that I sent out to our Collegiance for Christ group as our introduction, but I want us to first begin reading in verse verse number 1. But here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to take the words that we're about to read and allow the Holy Spirit to bridge that gap in your heart. Because I believe that what there are things that we can do. Don't get me wrong, okay? There are things that we can do as human beings to help one another. And I'm not belittling that. But ultimately, what we have seen over the course of the past week, and you'll see this in the main idea of, in your notes there, what we have seen is we have seen sin and a failure of reaching people show itself, but we've also seen the beauty and power of the gospel show itself. And I don't want you to miss that. 
Many times when sin and Satan are showing themselves at their best, the gospel is also showing itself at its best. And so please do not miss that. And let's begin reading in verse number one. The Bible says this. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulations, tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. And there's a lot more in this passage that we'll get to at the end. I felt like we needed to stop uh, at verse number 11. But let's read verses 1 and 2 one more time. In light of all of the current events in our state and all of the people around our state who are grieving, and I want you to listen to these words. It says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have Peace with God. There's people looking for peace through our Lord Jesus Christ. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace. There's a lot of families right now that are exhibiting grace that can only come from God. Wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Let's pray and we'll ask the Lord to bless us. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for the day that you've given us. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that even in moments where we do not know what to say, you have something in your word that applies to our hearts, that applies to our lives. And God, I ask that you would help us to think and to apply what we have seen in this book. Lord, may the gospel become something that truly pervades every part of our life. In your name we pray. Amen. You can look at the world around us, and I am not going to give uh, prime time to any of the talking subjects that you may want me to. I think that you can look at the world around us and you can sit there and you can say, well, this needs to be done, or if this would have been changed, or if this would have been done. At the end of the day, here's what you have to understand, is there is nothing within our power that we can do to see sin abolished from this world outside of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You cannot legislate righteousness. You can take away guns and you can, you can do some of these things. And uh, I saw where someone actually posted and they said, long before anyone was ever killed with a gun, Cain killed Abel with a rock. The problem is not a gun problem. The problem is not a mental health problem. The problem is not, you can give it a, you can give it a variety of names. At the end of the day, the problem is sin. 
that's not to justify and say that there are not things that we can do to help with some of those things. But at the end of the day, the problem is sin. And please watch this. In the very same statement and in the very same breath, I do not want to stop at that. Because although the problem is sin, the solution is the gospel. And when you see things like what's occurred over the past couple of days, and really, like I said, over the past couple of years, what you are seeing is not a failure of government. It's not a failure of maybe people. It's not a failure uh, of security. It's not a failure of what you can give it anything. It is a failure of the fact that people have yet to understand what the gospel does. I would even dare say this. Christians who act in a way that is unbecoming to Christ and Christians who live in a way that do not follow what God has said in his word are a prime example of even though they may have accepted Christ as their savior, they have failed to understand exactly what Christ does. And so the main idea that you have in there in your notes is this. I want you to see this. Any problem in this world is because of sin. Any peace in this world is found in knowing we have peace with God in eternity. But please listen to this, and I want you to see, the pa- see this from the passage. Notice that the gospel provides all things we look for in this world. I want you to think about some of the words that were just in that passage we just read. Peace, faith, access, grace. Those are all things that we look for in this world. And what we have to understand as Christians is when we fail to understand them for ourselves and much more communicate them to someone else, what we are doing is saying this. You can keep looking for it in this world and you will not find it. And so I want to read to you something that I texted to our uh, Collegians for Christ group. We were um, planning to have, uh, or we did have a Bible study this week. Uh, I was out of town with my children for spring break and so... Uh, Brother Lawwell filled in, but I had uh, our sponsor for our group actually reach out to us, and um, he asked me, he said, has everybody in your group going all right? And I said, yeah. I said, I'm actually about to send out a text just to kind of check on everybody and kind of give them some words of thought and words to pray on. And so he he took down my name and my phone number and my email, and he said, would you mind being in a MTSU email to where if people needed to get counseling or ask questions and they could reach out to you? I said, absolutely, I would love that. And so I gave him all my contact information, but I want to read to you uh, what, I, what, was, what I texted to them, what was on my heart. I said this, I know if you're like me, your mind has been distracted by the tragedy that occurred on Monday in Nashville at Covenant Christian School. Social media has been full of news, opinions, prayers, criticism, and much more. All of them rob us of our joy and peace and hope. There are so many ways we can respond during this time, but as Christians, we, may we respond biblically. Here's three quick responses to the pain of this world that I have been leaning on during this time. First of all, peace is the result of keeping my mind focused on God. We will never be able to create, and I have that in, or in quotations, peace in this world. While we can make it more peaceful, true peace is only found in God. Spend some time with God and His Word this week. Secondly, we have hope. We have a hope in eternity. Titus two eleven through fifteen. Hope doesn't come from our circumstances. If it does, it will be like riding a roller coaster of hope and hopelessness. Our hope is in the future because of Christ. Look for the day where Jesus will take all the pain away. Thirdly, our focus must be on reaching reaching the people with the gospel. Matthew twenty eight nineteen through twenty. 
Righteousness, righteousness cannot be legislated, and wickedness cannot be eradicated without the gospel. Each tragedy is a sign that the world still needs Jesus. Love someone not like you this week. And here's what I would say to follow that up. Romans chapter number five brings us exactly to that thought today. And if you're not careful, here's what you will do. You will get caught up in all of the talking voices and all of the criticism and all of the, and those are not bad things. It would be a lot better if we could have those conversations like normal human beings, but unfortunately that sometimes eludes us in this world. But if you get caught up in all of that, here's what I want you to see. You miss the fact that you hold the answer in your lap today. And so with that in mind, I want us to look quickly at three thoughts. And I've titled this, What He's Done or What the Gospel Does. We've been singing that chorus and that, that song over and over again. And I don't believe that there is a better passage to give that title to. Because when you look at Romans chapter number 5, verses 1 through 11, you cannot help but see exactly what God has done for you. So quickly, let me give you three thoughts and a couple thoughts underneath each one. First of all what justification does. The word justification is obviously a word here for salvation. It's talking about how that we have been justified from our sin, how, how that we've accepted Christ's payment, and it's now, it's now been reconciled for us. And so what does justification, what does salvation do? I want you to see this first of all. It gives you peace with God. It gives you peace with God. So much of the way that we interact as human beings in this world is because we are searching for peace. Whether it be how we do our finances, whether it be how we interact with other people, whether it be how we interact in our relationships, it can be a variety of different things, but so much is because we are searching for peace. How many of you would love to just have a peaceful week? Okay, just a, actually take that back. How many of you would love to have a peaceful day, right? It almost seems as though as soon as you have a peaceful day, there's going to be something that kind of messes with you. Maybe, maybe you're just kind of cruising down the interstate and all of a sudden there's someone that you're, you're going 80 and then there's someone who's deciding to go 55. And you're like, well, there went my peace right out the window. And peace with God, and please listen to this. Sometimes as Christians... We miss the fact that if we can make what we have in eternity be applicable to where we are at in reality, everything else fades away. Jordan and I, sometimes we get into these opportunities where we talk about deep stuff and sometimes stupid stuff and whatever else. But, but we've, spent, uh, we've uh, stayed up late at a couple cross-point retreats and talked about stuff. And he, every, almost every single time that we talk, somewhere in the conversation, he brings up our study of First Thessalonians. And he, says, and he says, I'm always reminded about one of the things that you said about does this matter in eternity? Will this matter in eternity? And please listen to this. So many of the things that rob us of our peace in this world can be overshadowed when we understand that we have peace with God in eternity. All of a sudden, maybe the financial difficulties that you are struggling with in this moment, they do not matter or they pale in comparison when you think about the fact that you have peace with God, your heavenly father. The health issues that you might face in this life or or the things that maybe family members face or the relationship struggles, whatever it may be, those pale in comparison to the fact that you have peace with God because of Jesus Christ. 
There is no greater peace that you can find in this world than to know that your eternity is settled. So first of all, justification brings peace with God. Secondly, it brings access to grace to stand. Access to grace to stand. One of the... um, the, the stories that have been coming out over the course of the past week, both in the Covenant uh, tragedy, but then also the um, 101st, 101st Airborne tragedy that happened a couple days later. The stories that have been coming out to, about those families and about those people. What gives someone grace and strength to stand in a moment of difficulty? I can promise you this. It's not because of some sort of strong mental state, although that does play a role. It's not because of some sort of financial security because they prepared themselves financially for tragedy. It's not because of any of the things that this world tells you that they can have. It's because I believe that many of them know where their loved one is. Many of them understand that the grace that they have for this moment is grace that is not coming from within them, but is coming from outside of them through their Heavenly Father. And if you've never been through difficulty, you can step back and you can look at others going through difficulty and you can say, how are they doing it? And please listen to this. Paul himself says this, that grace, my grace is sufficient for thee. He actually gives a direct quote from God. If you go and you look at, I believe it's 2 Corinthians chapter number 12, verse 9, when he says that those words are in red. It's one of the few times outside of the Gospels that you have red letters. And what he's saying is this, God himself, the words of Christ is that my grace is sufficient for when you need it. And the grace that you have for today is sufficient for what you will face today. And if there is ever a trial or a difficulty that comes into your life, a problem, the grace that you lean on today will be sufficient in the day that you need it as well. Don't let tomorrow's problems steal you of today's grace and joy. Let yourself see that you can the, the, the grace that you have been provided is accessed so that you can be able to stand. Thirdly, is to rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Justification allows us to rejoice in the hope that we have coming one day. Just as I said in that text, that we as Christians must be looking forward. If you keep your eyes on everything that is going on around you, you will be a miserable Christian. But if you say, no, I have hope because I know what's in my future. I have hope because I know that there is glory coming for God. But then secondly, and I need to fly through these as quickly as I can. So you have to forgive me. You won't be able to expound as much as I have been. But what justification does, secondly, what trials do. Sometimes we have a tendency to try to avoid trials, to try to be like the, to, I've used this as an illustration before, but if our hand touches something hot, we want to pull it away. If we're carrying something heavy, we want to try to get rid of it as quickly as we can. And sometimes the trials of this life are not that easy to get rid of. Okay? Sometimes we can't always dig our way out very quickly. So what do trials do in your life? What do these moments that are difficult, and I want you to see this. It says, and not only so, but we glory in tribulation also. He says that he is excited. He, 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 almost, he almost relishes, he, he almost embraces the, the trial and the difficulty. How do you get to that point? The only way that you can get to that point is when you understand what it is, what it is causing in your life. The same way that when if you go to work out, the pain of 
sitting under a, a bar and squatting or, or the pain of, of trying to finish a last rep or the pain of running is because you know what it is going to cause. You know that it is making you stronger. You know that it is giving you better lung capacity. You know that it is, it is strengthening and it's elongating your muscles. You know what is happening in that moment. So it gives you the strength to maybe finish that, that time or, or that rep or, or whatever it may be. And please listen to this. Trials and tribulations in this life are a spiritual workout because they're making us better. They're causing something to occur in our life. And he, he explains it very clearly. I want to fly through four quick thoughts. And he says this. First of all, trials work patience. It works patience. Have you ever been around an older Christian who it just seems like that anything that gets thrown at them, they're just kind of waiting it out? Oh, yeah, I'm just going to see what God does. It's always amazing to me to go and make a hospital visit for someone in our church who's been saved or been a church member for a while and to see the patience that they have, the patience in waiting for a doctor's report the patience in, in seeing what is coming next in their life. So first of all, trials work patience. Secondly, and I want you to see this, I love the way that, the, that Paul writes this. Patience brings experience. Patience brings experience. One of the greatest things that you can do for your Christian life is to find a way to keep record of what God has done in your life. Because by waiting to see what God does, by allowing trials to work patience, it allows you to work experience. I would hate to be a 40, 50, 60-year-old Christian and every trial and every moment and every difficulty have to think, oh boy, is God going to see me through again? Patience brings experience, but then experience brings hope. You can walk into a trial or a tribulation or a valley and say, I've seen God do this before, I'm going to see him do it again. But then I want you to see this, and this is the beauty of the gospel. Hope brings boldness. Hope brings boldness. When you have seen God work in your life, it allows you to be bold and share it with others. I want you to see it at the end of verse number, uh, verse number 5. Oh, I was about to read the wrong chapter. It says, And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. When you have seen God show up in a very real way, it is easy for you to share it with someone else. And then lastly, what, the, what does the gospel do? What the gospel does? The gospel saves sinners. It reconciles enemies. And it brings joy to the saved. I want to go through those again, just in case you're trying to keep up. What the gospel does. It saves sinners. It reconciles enemies. And it brings joy to the saved. I hate that I had to fly through that, but here's what I want you to walk away with. When you look at the gospel, when you think about the gospel, sometimes we look at it and we think, okay, this is the moment that my salvation occurred, and now look at how good I've gotten since then. Look at how strong, I, look at how, how I've cared for myself. Look at all the sin that I've gotten victory over. I, 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 and we turn it into ourselves. And please listen to this. Sometimes we treat the gospel and we treat sin more like a high cholesterol problem, a sugar imbalance. Like, well, just give me the pill and I'll take it. 
Like, I just need the gospel to get me over the top. Everything else in my life is good, but please listen to this. There's no greater joy than seeing what Jesus Christ has done for you and seeing yourself at your worst, which is what Romans chapter number 5 describes. It says, scarcely for a good man someone would die. Sometimes we think, well, I was pretty good. I just needed Jesus to kind of fill the gap, right? It says, scarcely for a good man someone would die. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God showed his love to us when we were at our worst. And if you want to see the gospel come alive in your life, it will not be because you step back and you look at how good you are. It will be because you step back and you see how good God and his son is. And the gospel is something that when we look at the trials and the events of the course of the past week, it doesn't help it make sense, okay? Let me, let me clarify that. The gospel doesn't help it make sense, but it does answer a lot of the questions to where we can look at someone and we can say, how do they have the grace to go through that? How do I get that through the gospel? How, how does trials fit into this? Trials bring patience, and patience brings experience, and experience brings hope, and hope eventually brings boldness. What, what does the gospel do? It saves you when you were at your worst. It brings an enemy. You were an enemy of God, and now it brings you close. You're now a friend of God, as the Bible says. It reconciles enemies. But then it causes us to be able to say, I can have joy because I know that I'm saved by the grace of God. And sometimes we have a tendency in this church and in this life and as Christians just to say, well, yeah, the gospel's pretty good, but please listen. The gospel provides a lens from our Heavenly Father that we can put over our eyes and we can look at the last week in our state and we can say, oh, that's where grace comes from. Th that's what trials are doing in my life and in the life of someone else. That's what salvation does. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, let's pray and we'll be done. Dear Heavenly Father. Well, thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Crosspoint Podcast. Remember to take a moment to subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And again, don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and tell others about this content. Remember, we would love to have you be our guest in person this Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Franklin Road Baptist Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. You can connect with us online at frbc.com and we look forward to seeing you again soon.